Is your money working as hard as it could be for your future? A decade ago, Robinhood changed the investment landscape when they pioneered commission-free stock trading. Today, they continue to offer innovative products to help users build a better financial future, like IRAs, ETFs, options for qualified traders, and much more. Take control of your financial future with Robinhood. Download the app or visit Robinhood.com to learn more. That's Robinhood.com. Disclosures. Investing involves risk. Other fees may apply. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIP. PC is a registered broker dealer. Good morning, Brew Daily Show. I am Neil Fryman. And I'm Toby Howell. So we are off today because it is Monday before the 4th of July, but we have another special episode in store for you. If you have followed Morning Brew on social media or YouTube, you will be really excited for our guest. And if not, you should still be very excited. Today, we are getting to know Dan Toomey. Dan makes some of the most hilarious videos we've ever seen, skewering work culture and the business world. He's been with The Brew since 2020 and recently launched his own franchise called Good Work. We're going to talk to Dan about his comedy career, the creator economy, and his go-to Dunkin' order. Today is Monday, July 3rd. Let's ride. All right, gentlemen, to start off this interview, I actually want to take us back to August 18th of 2020, where I got a DM from Alex Lieberman on Slack, the co-founder of Morning Brew, saying, I want to get your eyes on something. Tell me what you think about this. That something was a self-tape of young Dan Toomey <laughs> auditioning for a role at Morning Brew. Sure, I was eight. It was very He was eight years old. <laughs> it was this awesome video, but I actually have my response that I replied to Alex with that I'm going to read here, slightly edited for length. Wow, that was a wild ride. I legit <laughs> laughed out loud. Would have to tone it down a bit, but I think he's pretty polished. He clearly put a lot of time into it, so I give him props for that. And here's the kicker. Overall, 7 out of 10, because some jokes didn't really land. All right, big guy. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I'm, right. I'm not sure if I almost tanked your career before it began or if I launched it. 7 out of 10? <laughs> 7 Are out of kidding? 10. Are you kidding? That was a good video. <laughs> I gave you props, though. I gave you a lot of props. What do you mean? Tone, what, do you mean what did you mean by tone it down? I didn't make any, like, like offensive jokes. I think at that I time, think. I thought that Morning Brew was a much more polished brand than it was. You ran the Twitter. <laughs> That was the least <laughs> polished thing I want Dan's. I want Dan's review of Toby. <laughs> I know. I just couldn't believe that I had... It was 7, 6.5 now. Okay. All, all this to say that it's kind of crazy that we're sitting here now. That's where I guess it all started. That was the first time I laid eyes on you. And uh, now we're, we're sitting on these couches together. Now right, look Dan. at us. You, you impressed Toby a lot. Uh, but we have a bunch of questions to ask you. <laughs> yeah, I know you have pages. I have pages. <laughs> Let's All right, finally, here we go. This is the this is the best we're gonna ever get to know each other, fellas. Absolutely, dudes never ask this many questions to That's each other. <laughs> I know we're about to get real deep. So, so our first question, Dan. I want to imagine we're at a party, okay? <laughs> and I don't know you, but we start with a small talk, you know, and it's classic New York City. We eventually land on the question: So, what do you do for work? How do you <laughs> typically respond to that question? At this party, we have mics and headphones. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sitting at a couch. Um, what uh, I, I say? I say I'm a comedian. Mm. That's why I say now. When I first started this job, I had no idea. Right. Because uh, <laughs> I, I didn't know. Like it wasn't even like mostly comedic stuff either. It was just a lot of. Um, 
just making videos. And so I said, like, oh, I make videos. I would always do. I work for this company called Morning Brew, and mm-hmm. it was like one. Sometimes that hits, though. You have to admit. So some well, when people know it, exactly. yeah. But like, you're. I'm still at this phase where, like, I'll be like, it's this com- like company called. Like, it seems like a burden. <laughs> your voice, your inflection of your voice goes up. Even yeah. my face. I'm just like, you can leave if you want this conversation. You don't have to be here for this. Um, but then I said I would like make videos for them. Yeah. Um, and then, what was funny was that when I first started this job, I was living at my parents' place in back in Massachusetts. And it, so most of those questions would come from like their friends, right? And they'd be like, "You make videos? What is what does that mean? <laughs> what is like, a video? I make like TikToks for them, and then their heads would explode. And then they actually. go, "What's a TikTok? Yeah, right? they'd be like, what's yeah. a TikTok? And then they just kept, then they just like kept me under the stairs like Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's jump to the before times a little bit. What were you doing before Morning Brew? And did you have kind of career goals at that point? And have they changed at all since you've joined Morning Brew? Uh, this is great. This isn't even like a conversation podcast. It's this is just question, question, question. This is terrible. This is awesome. Um, what b- before Morning Brew? Um, I, I I studied journalism. Um, okay. The journalism major at the at, at at the University of Southern California. California. Um, and. Yeah, I, I I worked for a year in politics, uh, doing political journalism in Washington D.C. Um, before that, so graduated class twenty twenty, um, was super unemployed for a little bit, and then got a job over in D.C. Did that for about nine months, all the while like talking to you guys and maybe mm-hmm. figuring something out, and then eventually uh, came over. Over here, was the goal <laughs> comedy, or do you think the goal was that always a long term? Did goal? you want to be like a Brian Williams? Uh, no, <laughs> well, Brian Williams, scandal. My favorite thing about Brian Williams is that apparently people would send him ties and he would wear them. That's cool, I love that. But I want to go to when you were in DC, when you were who are you working for again? I was working for ABC News, ABC News. It was kind of an eventful time, right? And there was a particular January day <laughs> in 2021 where you had uh, quite an eventful uh. <laughs> situation do you mind walking us through that <laughs> i mean maybe if you want to hear about I it i do no it was january 6th um yeah and uh i so i worked the all right yeah i worked the overnight shift at abc news so i worked from midnight to eight um every day oh. well well we would rotate but at that particular time i was on from midnight to eight um and we had seen uh protests leading up to that before um so when people started to come out we heard that there was going to be a rally and we were like oh you know that's just like all these other rallies that have happened um we like keep eyes on it and i was the only one in the newsroom that night um because that's like during covid it was like pretty much only young people could be in the office like with each other yeah um because people were still worried and so i was the only one in the office at like three 30 in the morning and we would see ralliers start to like trickle in and I'd be like, Oh, we should keep eyes on this. And then like more people started to come in and then, um, and then I left, it was 8am and people like, there were some people who were still on like the sidewalks and pouring into the city and coming out of the train station. But like, that was the end of my shift. And so I think it was like, all right, I'm going to go home now. I think you guys got this one. <laughs> and then I went home and I fell asleep <clears throat> and then I, 
woke up to a phone call at 2 p.m., which was like 2 a.m. for me. It was my brother, and he was just like, they took the capital. And I was like, what does that mean? And then I, and then uh, the, my my favorite part of this whole thing was uh, you start watching it on, on the news, and like, uh, you know, it was just insane. Um, I was like, oh, I got to get to work tonight because, like, I still have, like, I have to do this. And I'm not going to, like, walk there because I live pretty far away from our offices, which were near the Capitol building. And um, so I called an Uber. And in two seconds, I got an Uber. <laughs> like, right into the middle of a scene. And I was like, can you drive me in? And he was like, yeah, man. <laughs> I don't see like, why Let's not. do it. So we were just, like, weaving in between protesters. And then, yeah, and then eventually uh, I just, like, slept in a hotel room that they put me in for, like, a day. Um, and then worked the rest of it. But I also met a lot of my colleagues for the first time that day. Really? Because everybody came in. Because yeah. it was, like, the biggest news story aside from the election. Um, and, and it was, like, all hands on deck. So I'd be meeting people on the day of the January 6th. Rides and be like, I'm Dan. I'm really trying to work my hardest here. <laughs> Shut up. So, yeah. What a story. Like, what a moment in history to be entering your first job <laughs> in and like working the night shift. And then, and then a month later, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go join this company morning, bro. <laughs> I make TikToks. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's move on to kind of the creative process. Um, do you mind walking us through your creative process? Like, how do you come up with your ideas for your videos? And then how do you go from idea in Dan's head to, like, a finished product? Um, yeah, the, uh, I don't know, a lot of it is just, like, when I, when I joined, again, there wasn't really, like, a whole model for what we do now, I guess. At least at Morning, where I don't know what it was like at other companies. But even when I graduated being, like, a quote-unquote creator, that wasn't, like, a like a job, you right. know? Um, and then when I joined, I, all I knew was like late night, like that's what I really looked mm. up to. And so I tried to model my day after um, what I knew a late night writer's schedule to be, or what I assumed their <laughs> schedule was like. I've never worked there before, but I was like, I'm gonna get up in the morning, read the news. Um, by like 9 a.m. I'm gonna have like four pitches for videos and then I'll send them to our editor and she'll be like, three of these are garbage and one of these might might work out. And then I would write that one. Uh, we would film it uh, or I would write it. I would send her the script, get her approval on it, film it, edit it, and then get it out by like 2 p.m. And we did that Monday through Friday every day for like probably like eight months, I would say. Uh, until and you're filming this all yourself. Yeah. And editing it all yourself. Yeah. Uh, in your apartment too, for the most part. <laughs> in your in, large, Toby, large apartment <laughs> above Carbone. Yeah. Toby, Toby had seen that. Toby had seen that apartment. Like, uh, your <laughs> bed is in your living room, which is also your kitchen. He pitied me so much. You ever seen that <laughs> meme of like Hillary Clinton walking in like an apartment and being horrified as to how small it is? That was Toby entering my West Village apartment. <laughs> it he, was he was Toby was my Hillary Clinton. He was like, "You live like this. <laughs> location. Do you have my vote?" <laughs> So how do you come up with your ideas? Like what what is a good idea and what is not a good idea? How do you filter that through your brain? <laughs> I literally do. I never know oh. what. <laughs> actually, no, that's a lie. Sometimes like sometimes you will know. You're like, oh, this is this is going to be great. But those are, are like I would say more rare than I think what a lot of people expect, because mm -hmm. most people don't see the fact that, you know, especially through those first eight months, probably ninety nine point five percent of what I pitched got rejected or it was a video that bombed. And at the time, it feels like super consequential. And you're like, oh, this is so emotionally damaging that like what I tried to do. What, the first comment I ever got on a video that I posted for Morning Brew 
it was on Twitter. We posted it. And this was like our first like foray into comedy. My first time being like a on-screen presence for Morning Brew. The comment was, got maybe I think 12 likes. And the only comment was a guy who posted a gif of an overweight baseball player swinging at a t-ball stand, missing and tripping. <laughs> and his comment was, swing and a miss. And I was like, what a start. Actually, you know what? Co- covering January 6th overnight sounds a lot better yeah. than this. Than a swing and a miss. <laughs> but that's a good segue, because I wanted to know about how you balance sort of like your mental health when you're when you're 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 laughing but no but it's an interesting serious a question balance. and when your your career compared to so many others is so tied to approval on the internet yeah um and you must like i whenever i have a tweet that gets more than like 15 likes all i can do is refresh twitter or instagram or whatever and it messes with my whole day yeah and that's kind of your job is to garner views and likes and retweets and things like that so have you sort of developed a mechanism for shutting it off or kind of separating yourself from that um i've tried to definitely in the past i would say like dude i'm probably as addicted to my phone as like a smoker is to cigarettes now like and straight up like i i will be in public and i'll just like start checking it and i'm mm-hmm. like why am i on instagram like i have no idea why i'm on this yeah. right now um I, I used to like whenever i would post something i would try to like walk away for like an hour and do something else but then i quickly learned that that actually hurts like the performance of the video is that you if people comment on it, you want to like reply to it so the uh <laughs> <laughs> the casino uh, of social media is literally designed for you to stay on the app sure. immediately and be addicted to it. Um, obviously, I think therapy helps. Like, it's very important to, like, have somebody to talk to. Um, and so balancing mental health, though, is very tough when so much of, like, what you do is is geared to metrics. Like, right. think, think back to late night. It's like you had one metric to go off of, which yeah. was views. views. And that was it for like a certain demographic. And that was it. And now it's like you post a video and you are you you are given more data than ever before. On and, and like I was talking to a few comics last night who were just like, did you know if you film at this frame rate, then it's actually more likely to go viral because like the eye right. is more keen to this. And I was like, what? Like comedians are like forced to just look at all this data and it's so it's not it's not healthy when you analyze it that much um which goes to show that like (laughs) the mental health balance it's really just a matter of like unfortunately doing it enough to the point where you get like a little bit yeah like a little bit numb to the feeling and you're just like okay like (laughs) it truly is yeah you once the views get bigger it paradoxically becomes like easier to not check them as much because Yeah. yeah when you're in like the You've had videos go extremely viral, and when you're in the hundreds of thousands, millions of territory, like, each individual one is not as much of a dopamine hit. No, you're right. But, I mean, and you know, like, Twitter is the same thing. It's just all just, like, dopamine straight to the veins. But it's not, like, dopamine that, like, feels good, like, hanging out with people. It's a very solitary form. (laughs) Because you're just in your room just getting affirmation from a screen that's the size of, like, a matchbox. (laughs) It's not not conducive to healthy living. Absolutely. Being a creator is great, guys. <laughs> yeah. You're thinking of doing it. You should definitely do it. It's great. Do Do you ever look back on the early videos from Morning Brew and say, like, oh, my gosh, I've evolved so much as a creator? I, I assume you do, but, like, take us through. I, I'd really try not to rewatch. You don't? You don't go back? I rewatch, like, videos that I made, like, 
probably like a week ago, but yeah. early, early stuff. No, I really don't want to do that. Well, they were funny. That sounds terrible. <laughs> I know, but what they were really funny? I, I just can't. Like, I can't do it. It's it's like, oh, no. <laughs> but, but you do review your own work. I see you edit it. You must hear your own voice more than anybody else because you are your own editor. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> so you are just listening to yourself like six hours a day yeah. while you're editing. <laughs> And I yeah. can't even listen to my own podcast once for fear of just freaking out. So, but I, I think that's different than watching you from like a year ago. Like when yeah. you're editing, you're trying to per, like really perfect something so you can like ultimately publish it and you're seeing the, the rough draft. But it's, it's, I mean, like maybe I'll go back and watch like one of like the really early hits that we've had. But again, like there have been a lot of bombs, man. And which again is just part of a process. Yeah. But I think revisiting those would just be like, ooh, like I, I hope that I would be better now. Um, and you know, I don't wanna like, I don't know if I'm gonna be inspired, but I don't really know what the point would be, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. So you you said you were a creator and I kinda wanna like zero in on that word a little bit because a lot has been written. You winced a <laughs> for all the yeah. people just listening. But it is, uh, do you say that word with pride? Do you wish you could be something else? And sort of where do you see yourself in this broader creator economy that has, you know, come up recently and yeah. just to define it, I guess it's that, uh, you know, social media and various other tools have sort of empowered individuals to create their own brands online. And we don't know what else to call them. So we call them creators because they create things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that th I go back and forth on the term a ton. Um, what I will say, like first and foremost, having worked in more traditional media throughout college and then in my first year out of college, I think that the creator economy, the, the blessing of it is that it opens doors for more people than would be traditionally allowed in, 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 you know, the media that we're used to because people can build their own platforms. And previously, like you would have to know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who mm -hmm. like was probably like paid off by your parents. <laughs> so, but what's, what's great about this is that more people than ever are able to just kind of like come up on their own just by being active and publishing their own material. And I really do believe in how important it is to make your own things. Um, I think that's one of the most important skills anybody in media can develop today is just knowing how to like publish and create your own content or at least be a part of the creation process. So that I think is the blessing of it. The curse of the whole like creator title is that like, what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah. creator is such a vague term and I feel like that's kind of on purpose and where I can sometimes feel like, it, like it's exploitive for people who are hired in that position um, is that they turn around and they're like, I'm being asked to make a podcast, make a video, write my scripts, edit these videos, and then also have like a line of merch that I need to design. It's like not everybody, right. you shouldn't be, that's so much for one person. So I think that it's, again, it's, it's an amazing opportunity that more people than ever before have had right now, but it also requires you when you step into that role to define your parameters a bit and be like, look, this is what I want to do. That's a really important thing too, is like knowing what you want to do ultimately rather than what other people will ask you to do as part of your job. Because if you're a creator, they're going to ask you to do like, you know, as many tasks as possible. Cause they're like, well, you're a creator. You, 
create, isn't that? <laughs> yeah, which is just like unfair to be right. hired for, you know? So, I, I mean, I guess following up on that, uh, you exist in kind of this weird liminal space of you are your own personal brand. Like you have Dan Toomey, you have a large following on Instagram, but then you're also under the Morning Brew umbrella. Yeah. What is it kind of like being existing as a creator underneath an organization versus just being like a pure creator on your own? Um, at Morning Brew, it is abusive. It is fully <laughs> abusive. They treat me horribly. And I just saw the recording the, go red. The first time I keep a muzzle on uh, when I'm not on camera. It's terrible. This is the first time I've talked to people in months. I will keep going on this bit for 20 minutes. <laughs> You're going. We're fine. Keep going. Uh, what what I have loved about working here was that when I started, I had like no following at all. Yeah. Um, and it was like shocking to people that I was like making videos. They're like, oh, you're doing this, huh? <laughs> and so, uh, but I was able to like be bad for a while and also mm. practice at it, um, which was like props to, you know, Toby thinking I'm, I was like terrible in Seven my out of ten, baby. props to some people having a little more faith in me than Toby did. <laughs> um, and I've really enjoyed that. Like I'm a very risk averse person. Mm. So I was like, it, it, I, I enjoy working at a company where I'm able to like practice consistently um, and like give me time to get better, uh, which, you know, I, I really do think it probably took like a year, year and a half until I was fully comfortable in the job of being like, okay, I know how to make a video now. I know what stories we should cover. I mm. know when there's an opportunity to make like a really good video about something. Mm -hmm. So I've enjoyed the security uh, of that and just kind of like the support system, right. you know, kind of like a trust fall like when you fall there is kind of a a very comfort comfortable bed of feathers yes yeah exactly Morton which is Gru toby's hair <laughs> yeah which yeah, i just fall on toby Beautiful. every day whenever Beautiful. i have a video that bombs toby just he cradles me like an infant I say, come here he has a little bjorn that he carries me around in and i just come hither <laughs> i'm curious how social media you're also a comedian you're doing a lot of stand-up shows around the city yeah right how has social media changed the, that industry um, like why are you doing stand-up shows for 30 people when you could be taking that time to oh, make no, a I've, video I've done it for far less people <laughs> well I, why are you doing it for 30 people when you could it, essentially make a video and reach millions of people at the same time like what value do you find in that and what what kind of conversations are you having with other comedians about how TikTok and Instagram have completely disrupted the industry yeah dude, uh, dude man I did a show last night at a startup and uh, wait like a startup hired you they yeah it's like a corporate show yeah i get there their offices are in williamsburg it's like a it's like it's like, i know it. it's like it's like it's it's like kendall roy's basement is what this office looked like and we so get beautiful. up and we get there and this is the most startup thing ever like they have they have like video game controllers in the office they have more bean bags than like lawyers right and you get there and the only stage that they had was just like this little tiny like thing and then they go Oh yeah, we don't have a mic for you guys. Just like yell. what? Just so they just get, they just gave me three Topa Chicos and then, and then they were just like get on stage. So I got on stage with no mic, just like delivering a TED talk to this crowd of like twenty two people. None of them wanted to be there at oh, all. No. They like it was like a poor. I'm sorry, this was not your question at all. But it yeah, was just, I was like, oh man, it's we got to go up from here. I think it does speak. That is kind of answering the question a little bit. Like you, when you're making a video, you have all your props. You can edit it to make yourself look the way right. you want to look mm -hmm. versus stand up 
sometimes all you got is three Topo Chicos, so it's a much more <laughs> more raw but art form. But it right? chisels Some, you for the sometimes, future. Sometimes you have a lot less than that. <laughs> three Topo Chicos is nice. Good. Right? Yeah. May, I've paid good. money to do stand-up. <laughs> yeah. the, the, here's the thing. I think, like, there are... If, if I had to write, like, a book about comedy now, um, it, it would be called uh, Everybody's In and There Are No Rules. Because social media has introduced more people to the idea that they could be comedians than ever before. And that has led to a lot of people when you think, oh, okay, I want to be a comedian. What should I go do? Um, your mind just goes to stand up. It doesn't immediately go to like making videos because traditionally that's not your idea of what comedy is for a lot of people. They go, I'm going to move to New York and I'm going to be a stand up comedian. Mm -hmm. It is a completely different art form than making videos. What I love about making videos is like, like you mentioned earlier, I edit all of my things and there are like different jokes you can hide in the editing. And like that's a completely right. different art form than stand up where it's just you on stage and you're telling jokes. But then you can also mix up stand up like Bo Burnham. Like he would mm -hmm. sing songs and he would have all of these. It would be like a performance, too. And like I have a buddy, Jack Reichert, who uh, he has like a whole like musical instrument thing that he does at the end. So it's like a lot more fluid, I think. Um, and you can use a lot of like skills that you have in video editing to inform stand up mm. and to like make it a little more interesting right. if you want or there are some people who are just killer stand up comedians that's all they got to do is just stand up on stage going back to what you said about like how has social media impacted it you see a lot of trends where people will just upload like crowd work um, right. and that will help them go viral which other people have opinions of I really I'm just like hey man if that's what helps you then like go for it again there are no rules to any of this stuff um, and but but there are more people than ever doing stand up because they're like oh I went viral for this impression right. on Instagram I gotta go be a stand up comedian now which is like it's just so different and like props to you if you're going to try it you know it's uh, but it's a fascinating time it's definitely way different than it was like, right when I was doing it 20 years ago, very different. Back when we were over at Zappy's listening to <laughs> to, to Joey Stakes, give it to the crowd. <laughs> Love that. Um, all right. I think final question for you, Toomey, before we wrap up with a couple of rapid fire, but final big oh, no, question. This was so fun. It's already over. Hey, we, we're, we're getting there. We still got more left. Okay. Um, what is kind of the holy grail for you? Like, what do you think you're building towards? Is it, I don't know, a spot on SNL? Is it you want to go to Hollywood? Is it a lead writer on a, uh, on a comedy show? Like, do you have a North Star? Or are you just trying to, you're just toiling away? This is a job interview time? right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> Careful um, what you say. Yeah, I'm trying to leave Morning Bird, dude. I'm trying to get out of this ball and chain. Um, I don't know. I, it, what's interesting is that when I graduated college, I had no idea that this is the job that I would be working in. And yeah. this wasn't even like a goal of my, I thought that I wasn't going to work in comedy when I graduated. Mm. Every year I would apply for a late night internship, like literally consistently freshman to senior year. And I got rejected every single year. So like when I graduated, I kind of just gave up and I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to do it. And then this just kind of ended up happening. So I try to like have a vague idea of what my five-year goal is, but never be too married to it. Because mm -hmm. if I stuck to my five-year goal when I was a senior, I would not be here. Right. Um, I think we can all say that, by the way, too. Like, yeah. No one. The fact that we're all sitting here is is a miracle. And I have zero one-week goals. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I don't even know what I'm going to do tomorrow, man. Exactly. Um, but yeah, continue. But yeah, I mean, like in terms of what I want to do in the future, um, I always just try to see it as a scaled-up version of what I'm doing right now. Yeah. So I'm stand up i write scripts and i make videos and if i could just do that on like a larger scale 
um, maybe with a bit more resources, but, uh, you know, to like work on a show, yeah. host live shows myself. Yeah. Um, the Dan Toomey show. I do want to do, I see it. before we go to the rapid fire, I do want to do a quick, not so subtle plug for your new franchise that you're building, which is called Good Work. Good Work, yes. Do you want to tell the people what that is and sort of what the concept behind it is and what they can expect? This is like hot ones. If you make it to the end of the interview, you can get your plug. <laughs> you can plug it. Good Work is, no, uh, Good Work is the only fake business news outlet that you need to know. <laughs> we cover everything from meetings to LinkedIn to why every celebrity has a product now um i wear a trench coat sometimes in the videos it's produced by me and henry stockwell who's a hilarious writer and a very good friend of mine um and you can find us on youtube and instagram and twitter and tiktok is good work mb but, what, but what's the point you, you mentioned some of the examples but the point of it is kind of like to skewer work and business culture Sure. <laughs> You're like, I didn't really write it. I just wrote you a mission. Yeah, I, no, I, that, that's great, man. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> it has been pretty. I think we're trying to figure that out. It's been very successful. And I think they, it kind of talks about a lot of the unspoken things, like why is LinkedIn so weird? It's kind of, you know, we all kind of beat around the bush and we don't really talk about it, but you yeah. kind of nailed it. And I think what makes these videos so successful is that you actually, in between all of the jokes, you offer very insightful commentary um, and, and ask a question and then, answer it my, my favorite thing about them is that like we're we've gotten amazing guests and i don't know yeah. how these people have said yes to the show but uh like we've had three new york times reporters we had Derek thompson on the show we had kyle cook from bravo summer house on the show yeah. and i'm like it's amazing that you guys are willing to to do just this. wait man well, it's not like we're like eric andre where we're like gonna like bully right. people right but, one uh, time you might even get toby and me i don't know <laughs> no. one time right now you guys are giving me like a six out of ten for this performance <laughs> 7.5 right. you, you can during these next questions you, you could bump it up to a ceiling of an eight i can't wait to see how many like what do you guys measure your podcast by downloads downloads yeah. baby how many downloads is one gets I think to at least tens to maybe 20. It depends on whether you promote it or not. Family we are in your family's going to gather around the radio the, the the radio on July 4th and be like we got to listen to this one. Yeah, it'll Some be like the, you know, it'd be like Winston Churchill in 1942 <laughs> like come on everybody. Some dad's yelling at his kids. All right. Listen, uh, it's important. First rapid fire question. Kiss Mary Kill Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Uh wait, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Kiss Mary Kill. Yes. Got it. Uh, <laughs> okay. 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 Little. <laughs> okay. KKM. Um, kiss, Mary, kill. Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. And this is a rapid fire question. Where where I have to answer. And you're out of time. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Where I have to answer in a rapid fashion. I'm watching the downloads. Um, go down right I now. marry YouTube, kiss Instagram, kill TikTok. Wow. Ooh. I thought TikTok gives you the greatest chance to go viral though. Not anymore, man. Not anymore. Yeah, Instagram. anymore. And that's, I'm just in it for the virality. That's it. Sorry, babe. There it is. Plus, Dan thinks it's a national security threat. I do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next rapid fire question Who is the comedian that you most admire? I hate this question. I really do. <laughs> okay. Then who is the comedian you would want to open for? Um, like, if I name like some random Brooklyn comedian, uh, you got, I don't know. All right. Well, Okay, oh, they want really they want that everyone everyone knows, but that you also um, admire. Who I would want to open for? Uh, I was listening to Nate Bargetzi this morning, so Nate Bargetzi. Nate Bargetzi would, would be a great one. Yeah, Dan there you hate, go. Dan hates us now. You're up next, Neil. What's our next? <laughs> That's just fire? such a stressful question. I just like there's oh, too many people. Yeah. All right. Um, if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Uh, um, 
sleep is really important. Mm. Sleep. Uh, You're talking to some people. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm actually, that was just advice for you too. Sleep <laughs> is very sleep. important. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's that's my biggest one, sleep. All right, that's actually solid. Yeah. Um, all right. Actually, so what did you think I was going to do? <laughs> no, I mean. Nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be something, uh, I don't know. I'm going to take that to heart there. All right. Um, all right, we know you're a big mask guy. Hit us with your go-to Dunkin' order. Uh, medium ice black. That's it? Yep. Keep it simple? Yeah, and if they can't, dude, one time I walked in and I said medium ice, because usually that's what you just say, like medium yeah. ice, and it was at the one down the street, right? And uh, <laughs> I just hit your lamp, I'm sorry. Um, and the woman was so confused. She was like, really? You sure? And I was like, yeah, it's just medium ice. And then she looks at me, turns around, fills up a cup of ice. And it turns back around like she was like gifting it to me. She was like, this is all you want? And I just I was like, of course, of course not. No, that's not what. So uh, I didn't know that that was a Massachusetts thing. Also, uh, a Massachusetts Dunkin' is the only place I've ever been to where I was at the drive-through, and I asked for a medium ice. And I think I got like a donut or something, and they went, "All right, why? What? <laughs> I was like, what? He goes, why? Why you want that? And I was like, Oh, because I'm hungry. It's early in the morning. He goes, All right, good enough. <laughs> I was oh like, What happened if I gave you a bad answer? Would you just say like, Oh, sorry, man. You got to turn around. You got to work yeah. on that pitch again. Asking for a donut in a Massachusetts Dunkin' is like asking comedian who is your favorite comedian. So we're, we're gonna not the, uh, note those down. Yeah, I would have been like, Well, I guess I don't now. Yeah, I guess. And then just back out. I guess I'm not worthy. Absolutely. Um. All right, uh, final question. Uh, what is Future Dan doing on July 4th? Because this is coming out on July 3rd, actually. Future, what's Future Dan? Right. Oh, oh, so like, we're recording oh. this in June. Oh, oh, but you mean like this year, July 4th? Yeah, yeah what, what do you, you mean like 20, 2098? No, what are your plans? Are you coming well, to my party? I won't, won't, I won't be alive at 2098. <laughs> I'll be so dead. The, the Google pod. Yeah, uh, I'll be, yeah, I'm hanging out with you. I'm hanging out with you guys. Hell yeah. July yeah. 4th. Recording a pod. There record another episode of this. I'm so I'm, this is my first episode on the Daily Show. And coincidentally, it's also your last. Yeah, it's no. also my last. <laughs> uh, Dan, uh, how should we rate Dan's performance? I, I'm gonna bump you up to a seven. Let it let it be known to the people listening that I brought donuts, but I cannot show them for legal reasons. So we're going. So. Ten. You'll have to guess the brand. You'll have to guess what brand of donut I brought, but I cannot bring them uh, because we were not given approval. I know. No. All right, uh, that is our show, <laughs> Dan. You are welcome every time. You're such a talented comedian or creator or whatever you want to be called. Thank you. Uh, happy July 4th, everyone. I hope you have a great uh, few days off here at the beginning of the week. And uh, we'll see you when we see you. <laughs>